0: Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Pertek has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St. Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year with a number of behind the scenes experiences all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertech. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This is the Legend Series with Kerrod Walters, Part Two. Enjoy.
1: And I said, "No, nah, he's not going to get sided." Yeah, you could
0: too. A, a, a club. Yeah, could cite another an opposition yeah. player if they deemed something
1: was was um yeah. was bad. It's bad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, mean, I said no. Nah, Look, we're not talking him. He, was that, he, he apologized? My parents, so he reckons, and then, but he got a godful from mum on the phone. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he, felt, he said, mum, bring him and got got into him about giving me a cauliflower wrist. Leave <laughs> your baby brother alone. Yeah. yeah,
0: mate. Back to Origin. Back to Benny Elias. He was a Walters target. I've been told he was so much fun to bait because. It was just so easy, and the reaction was so good. What's your best Benny story from well, the field?
1: Well, actually, it was actually we were playing Bellmain down at Leichardt Oval, and and I, it was in '89, and it was after, it must have been after the the New Zealand tour, and because I was the, the the incumbent Australian hooker, and and Benny was into me, yeah, you over us. I said, mate, I said, what do you? I'm the I'm the current Australian hooker. You need to show me a bit more respect, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was filthy. And uh, we often, I and mean, then I we actually toured together in 1990, um, together in the Kangaroo Tour, and I got to know him. I, I got on yeah. okay with him, but him, him and Stephen obviously had a love hate relationship. Yeah. He loved Stephen, but Stephen hated Ben. So. <laughs> but they just because they were such great competitors, yeah. and yeah, you know, and yeah, obviously that that big all and brawl in 91 comes to to mind. But um, yeah, they just, but they were just you know. Very, mm. very competitive players, and both loved to win, and both played the same. Back then, your your, your main job was to, was to get over your opposing player, and that have to be your number nine because you had a lot of lot of mm. sort of contact with them. Yeah,
0: you mentioned nineteen ninety one, the famous game that uh, Wally Lewis took on Mark Guyer. Mark Guyer took on an entire state. He did, yeah. And Benny and Steve just moved a couple of metres to one side and went one-on-one to do their thing, yeah. no doubt you were watching it. Um, yeah. Are those the moments you wish you were a part of?
1: Yeah, I mean, Origin, once you play it, you just want to be part of it, you know, yeah. and you know, that, I don't wish I was part of the all and broad because I, I was a lover, not a fighter. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, and I, you know, obviously I, f- I felt sorry for Mark Iroff that too because he was held, he was made a scapegoat. He, was, yeah. he had a job, he was given a job to go out and intimidate Queens and he did that mm. and then he was made a scapegoat. He was, I don't think he played another Origin after that, mm. did he? He, you know, and he was a wonderful player, Mark. He was, a, he, was a, he was a modern um, J- Jared R- 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 Hargraves, and he yep. was an intimidator, you know, and that's how he played. And he mm. was, you know, if you played MG, you, <laughs> you knew you were playing him. So, yep. and I just, I did feel for him after that origin because he should have played a lot more origins.
0: So the Broncos, mate, going back to club land, you get three seasons under the King. Wayne Bennett brushes him. It again was huge news at the time. You're a young fella watching this unfold. Then Gino becomes captain. Then best mates June and Wally no longer talk. There's plenty going on.
1: It is, yeah. It was it was a really difficult time. You know, yeah. Because um, obviously Wally was the king and held in such high. And Wayne, to his credit, he made a big call and yeah. he felt that th- for, for the Broncos to win a comp, he needed to make some changes. And it was a big call. Um, mm. Obviously, bring Kevy back from in, um, in 1990 from Canberra. Yeah. To play five eight, and Wally was the he was the king's tool, mm-hmm. you know. and but to Wally's credit, he said to Wayne. I'll play a lock, and Kevy can play five eight. You no, know, so I think that was mm-hmm. a, you know really really good of Wally to do that. Yeah. And Kevy f- felt humble, though, like, because yeah. Kevy was like he loved the King like me. Yeah. He was he was in awe of him, and um, you know he, he felt well if, if the King thinks I'm good enough to play at him, well, I'm going to go out and give it my best shot. And he, no. you know, and, he and he did he had a good year in 1990. Yeah.
0: What's the Wayne Bennett you know like? Because there's there's a couple of different Wayne Bennett's and the general public probably doesn't get. Uh, an insight into the real bloke.
1: No, Wayne's a, Wayne's easy going and lo- yeah. loved to laugh, and you know he loved he loved his players and he cared for his players. And he was a, he was the modern he was the the, the, the protege of, of um, the great Jack Gibson. You know yeah. that you know ha- how to get through to your players, happy off happy off the field, happy on the field, mm. and and um, and so we Wayne sort of he was a he went he was a new coach of that era, and he took the game and he was about being very good at the fundamentals and and yep. your skills would. Take you know, take control, and, and and he wasn't big on, it's big on some some coaches about about the opposition. You mm-hmm. know, if, if his players played well, he'd he get he get results, and you know, and he, and he was he made tough decisions, you know, you know, and um, but he was a it was a wonderful coach and you know, and, a, and a great mentor. Yeah,
0: ninety two, ninety three premierships, both against St George. Let's start with ninety two, was September twenty seven in the
1: old Sydney Footy Stadium. What stands out? Oh, I- just that team. I, I just we had that we had a in ninety one we we had a. Really good group of players coming. So we're very similar to the Broncos this year, you know. Yeah, a lot of potential, but but we and we missed the finals in '91 because yeah. back then it was the top five. We become sixth, and we were just felt so under yeah. underachieved. And and actually, Wayne was Wayne was going to pull the pin. He felt like it was his fault. And myself and Kevy and Alf and a few players got together. Some Wayne, you can't mate. We're going to win the cup. Comp- in the, in the very near future, we need you to be coaching us. Wow. And he changed his mind. And, of course, next year, 92, we we just started so well and we had, mm. we had all these Renouf and Willie Kahn and Julian O'Neill and Alan, all these good young players coming through, a bit mm. like I said, the current Broncos, and we just knew that we, we were ready to win a comp. Mm. Um, we, we were much more resilient, which yep. we, we lacked a bit of resilience, um, which modern team, that they, 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 they weren't resilient and now they are. Yeah. So... Um, and then we just knew that we, we, we were confident without being arrogant. We knew yep. that we, we had the team to win. We knew that if they tried to shut down Steve Renouf, they tried to shut down Alf or Kevy, someone else would, mm. would create opportunities for us, um, which is very much like the modern team. Yeah. I know I keep happy about it, but uh, there's a lot of no, similarities there. Certainly there is. And we had, we had a great attacking team, but we could also defend really good. So, Carrot, um, you have just
0: answered my next question. You guys were known as attacking geniuses. It was really sexy footy to watch but the defensive resolve in that Broncos side I think is so underrated and so overlooked when you guys needed to be tough you were
1: well that was Gilly Gilly was well he was one of the greatest offenders in our game and and for not a big man he could Mm. he could he could really hurt some do some damage and um and he he instilled it to me because when he when he first came back to the Broncos in I think it was 91 he said to me he said you know he said, "You need to improve your defence. I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "He said, well, the other teams think you're that you're a, that you're a um. They called you a speed bump. They reckon you're the speed bump. You slow them down. That's all you do. Wow. And I took a I, thought, I said, you know, you're probably right. So, I, so my goal in '92 was to become a better defender and a more, uh, a, a more tougher defender. Yeah. And that, was, that was through Gilly. And um, so uh, so after '92 and '93, and I've I improved my defence. I've so i was not a speed bump anymore, so I said, "Gilly, I reckon I should change my nickname. I should now be called the Tomahawk."
0: <laughs> I, said, no,
1: I said, "I'm the Tomahawk."
0: <laughs> oh, what a good story that but is! But yeah, but
1: those, those Broncos teams—they were great attacking teams, but you know, that defensively, and, and, and in '93 we had to defend our ass off to win that yeah. grand final. You know, um, so we wanted in, in that '90. Ninety-three semifinals here. Did we it the hard way. Did it the hard way. Come from fifth, we had. Yeah. To, we, we were again, We were gone in the water against against the Bulldogs in the Premier League final, and somehow mm. we, we found a way to win and we defended it, uh, and won. And and then in the grand final, so yeah. And I know that um. Well, there was, there was no one more relieved in '93 than mm. Chris Johns because in, in when we when we um got to the semifinals, some bloke said we 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 were gone. We wouldn't make it. And John's is five grand. We're going to win this comp. And he said, oh, "Right, I'll give you four to one." So Johnsy was, had, had bet five grand, which was a lot of money back then. Yeah, that we were going to win the comp. And I'm telling you, if you watch that grand final day in '93 when that siren goes, you, you see Chris Johns; he's a happy, happy boy. I bet he. He is. just won twenty grand, so wow! Yeah, because you could bet on footy back then, yeah. not like now. <laughs> and so um, he, I'll see Johnsy believed once again. He was a a really good defensive centre too. Yeah, he, was he was one of our. You know he was one of the guys that made us a better team, a better defensive team. Mm.
0: I've been told by a lot of players that it's easy to identify low points in your career, but the high points or the celebrations, like a grand final, like a state of origin, it almost blurs as a celebration, like the whole game. Yeah. Uh, yep. is, that, is that a fair call? Like ninety-two grand final, ninety-three grand final. It's there's just so much emotion and and joy that. It just becomes this happy bubble.
1: It does, yeah. I mean, and then back then you we'd 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 actually fly back to Brisbane that night. You know? That's right. So, um, and just the in '92, you know, it was just a big relief for us to finally win it because there's that much expectation on us to win a comp from from day yeah. one. And um and this we'd uh, over those first four or five years we'd really got a lot of support because because of, of the type of footy we played and the, mm. and the fact that you know we we're representing a massive area, pretty much you know. Um, it was all of Queensland, really. But yeah, well, sorry, it was. Except with obviously the, the Gold Coast Titans were still in then, but yep. we, we right up north we covered a lot of territory. So there was a lot of people supported the Broncos mm. back then. And to win it, it didn't really hit us what it meant to our supporters until we got back to Brisbane and the amount of people that were at the airport to to welcome us back, and then from the airport to King George Square, thousands of people on there. Then back to the Leeds Club on the field there. You know, it was just we thought, geez, we've done something special here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just I never forget it. Uh, we we're on the back of this truck, and there's thousands of people on the field at this at the leash club. And, and then Alf jumps off, does the crowd surf. Kevin goes, I think. You think Wayne went, Wayne went next, and then Big Lojo thought, Oh, there we go. And as he's jumped, the crowd just was like it's like it's like Moses' party, not Mo, no, uh, yeah, Moses' party the great yeah. Red Sea. <laughs> and as I just hit the ground, and he jumped up. Oh. just some, yeah, what a wonderful oh. night. Alf's got to the yards. Uh, Got to to the side of the field, they because they ferried him off the field. <laughs> They'd stole his, stole his shoes, <laughs> get no shoes, and he couldn't go into the into the um, club without no shoes. And so he put his footy boots on, <laughs> two store, and wandered back in. Went into the leash club, and 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 the one benefit for off was because it made him a little bit taller, so he could actually see over the bar. <laughs>
0: He'll hate me saying that. <laughs> did you see yourself as a Bronco for life, starting and finishing the one jersey? Yeah,
1: I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was disappointed. In the, end, in the end, it was my decision to leave, but I... I sort of re- regret that decision. Yeah, because in, in ninety, um, I had I had the chance to go to Manly in ninety five. Um, Did you really? Yeah, and I I hummed an ad. I thought, oh, look, you know, I thought I might have needed a change, but I said, no, nah, I'm, I'm a Bronco. I want I want to stay a Bronco because mm. obviously Kevin and Elf are all there, still there. So I thought, no, nah, I'll, I'll 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 commit and stay at the Broncos. Mm. And then in nineteen, at the end of ninety six, um, Wayne made a, wanted to make a few changes. he, he said to myself. Nick Hancock, Willie Kahn and Alan Cairn—that he couldn't guarantee a spot. We might would have to start in the in the in the reserve grade. He wanted to bring some new kids through, mm. and I took it personally. You know, I was disappointed because I committed committed to him prior to that. You know, twelve months earlier. Yeah, yeah. And I said that's bullshit. You know,
0: Pertek mm. has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual ultimate Bathurst experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St. Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit MotorsportPrize.com.au. A -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertec.
1: But I took it personally and I said... It, I'm going, so mm. I said I am going to release, and he, he and they obviously gave me a release, and mm. and I went to the well. That was when Super League came in, yeah. So my 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 um, opportunities were, were limited because there was only ten teams, you know. That's right. So I ended up going to the Adelaide Rams because I thought it was a good challenge, a yeah. new team, new frontier, and um, but I sort of wished I had a state because Mick Hancock stayed and played another three grand finals, you know. He stayed and fought for his spot and mm. got it. So I wished I had a state and. And, and fortunately, fought without being taken it personally and, and thinking, oh, bugger you, I should have stayed and mm. could have won another three comps, probably, you know.
0: One of the great trivia questions, but you were the <laughs> first Adelaide Rams captain. Um, very cool the, that side of it, but the whole Adelaide experience, something completely different.
1: It was, yeah, different. I went down there not knowing you know, how, how, what the game was like down there and yeah. what it was going to be like and it was a new frontier. It was, it was a heavily dominated AFL town, you know. They'd put Adelaide and, mm. and the Crows and, you know, they'd know much about rugby league to be honest. So a bit like going to Melbourne, you know. So, yeah. So, but I thought I saw it as a challenge. You know, mm. said, Rod, Rod Reddy was the coach. He said, would you come down and help us grow this footy team? And I said, yeah, I need a challenge. Mm. I'll, I'll go and do it. And then um, I really enjoyed my time down in Adelaide, you know, by season two, um, they started to get, to get a bit of a following. You know, we played yeah. at the Adelaide Abel. I think in, in 1997, we averaged 15,000, which is a lot more than most Sydney clubs. The thing I f- first realised was, was that Adelaide people love their sport. They, they, they went to the games, but they didn't really get a gist of what was going on. Yep. But um, they, could, they could sort of see that this team they had, they were... They were they they weren't a great team, they, they they were trying. You know, they they didn't give in. You know, and they and they could see that, yeah. and they, they they started to support them. And by, by year two, that you, you you could walk down the mall and year and you know, no one know who you are, but just by year two they they know who the Rams were. You know, if you wore a Ram shirt, they go, "Oh, you you you're with the Rams, are you? Wow! Yeah." So it really started to grab some traction, and then. It was a victim of the of the war and they and they and yeah. they, they were obviously made redundant when the when the leagues when the two leagues come back together. Mm. I really thought Adelaide could have been a force in years to come.
0: Mm. So from Tommy Redonicus at Ipswich to Wayne Bennett at the Broncos to Rod Reddy at Adelaide. Rocket's a different character. Yeah. He's, he's a wild man. Um, what did you make of Rod?
1: Different coaches, yeah. Rod, Rod had different ideas in the game. Yeah. yeah, some I agreed with, some I didn't. But yep. he was a coach, and what the you know the coach said, I mm. he did. So, um, and you know, he was under a lot of pressure to get to because New Zealand was owned the Adelaide Rams. So yeah, and it was it was a home of New Zealand. Adelaide was where their head office was. That's I think. right. Yeah, because yeah. I actually went. Actually, they flew me and myself and and. Um, Willie Kahn down to meet Rupert Murdoch and and um, Lachlan Murdoch. We've got Adelaide Rams jerseys on and, yeah, he didn't know who we were But because it was at the time of the of their annual AGM and he was just happy to be there so I thought it was a good good opportunity for us to get a bit of media coverage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so – and actually Willie Kahn became friends with Lachlan. They'd become friends, yeah, yeah, both young studs, so I suppose, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the girls liked him, yeah. Mate, you got back to Brisbane in two thousand. Just the one game in a premiership year. Good to be back home, but at the same time, I'd imagine a bit frustrating.
1: Yeah, I, I came back and I, I knew I had still had something to offer, yep. and I pl- played the tr- I, I trained really hard in the in the preseason and. First trial game, I, I played. I played pretty good, yep. and Wayne said that he said that him, him I, and Luke Preddis were the, it was like whoever was going to do the best, train the best, and play the best in the trials. Mm. We'd would, would get get the first crack, and in the second trial, I did to my ankle. Did my, my – um, what's it, what do they call it now? The the, the bad ankles. Syndesmosis. Yeah. yeah. Back then it was just, just it hurt my ankle. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and it was syndesmosis, which, you know, it takes a long time to recover from. And I sort of took me – I was out and didn't play for like six or eight weeks. And by the time I come back, it was, you know, the season was half over. And yeah. Luke Prittis had, was playing well. And I got one game in, against Newcastle in, in, but, uh, sort of towards the end of the year. And, you know, I just – yeah, it was sort of a wasted – well, not a wasted year, disappointing year. I mm. just thought, well, time to give it away. I gave it away after two thousand. Would have loved to finish with the premiership, but obviously Kevi did, not he was he was he had the fairy tale uh, exit. Yeah, Brisbane twenty twenty
0: three. Do you like what you see? I do. Yeah. yeah. They I, a chance.
1: Oh, I think they are real real chance here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know they've they've come so far in in three mm. years with with Kevi at the helm, and the, the one thing he's done is made them resilient. Yeah. And you got to be resilient to, to win comps. That's why, you know, Penrith, the Storms, the the modern yeah. great teams, they're resilient, mate. They're, they're able to with, mm. you know, absorb a lot of pressure and a lot of, you know, um, pre, you know a lot of pressure and a lot. And you know, they defend so good. So they they learnt that last year, had mm. had to be resilient, and they've you now they've learned again this year and. That's what gives me the confidence that they can go all the way because you know Penrith they're, they're going to they're a wonderful footy team yeah. like, to, to to make to be as good as they are three years in a row and to lose a lot of good players and they mm. just keep turning up and being consistent and, and and they're hard to beat.
0: You say the Broncos are resilient. The Walters family is resilient. You're a tough lot.
1: Yeah, we we'll just grew up in Ipswich, mate. You know, back then it was different. No, physically yeah. tough, but mentally tough. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you've got to be able to play our game. You've got yeah. to, you know, when. And I was in a big, I was only small, so you had to, You, know, you couldn't let the officer know that you, mm. that you were f- physically mm. f- scared of them or hurt. You know, you if that, someone got hurt, you you wouldn't let them know. You know, yeah. think, you know, so, and that was um. That's part of. You know, we love we we're competitive. We love playing the game. Mm. We didn't want to let our teammates down or, or our family down. You know, so. Yeah.
0: Do you get a buzz out of seeing nephew Billy wearing that Broncos number nine?
1: I do. Yeah. I I always knew he was a number nine. I said to Kevy. Five years ago Billy's a nine. Really? Mate. He's a nine. And Billy Billy I said, Billy, you're a nine mate. I'm telling you, mate. And Billy was, wanted to be a six. Yeah. And um I'm just so happy that he's he's really come ahead and leaps mm. and bounds this year. He's embraced the number nine. And um like it, when he's when he first went into the job he you know, he, he focused on getting his defence right. Yep. His passing game right, you know. And then now his 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 attacking game's really starting to be a threat. Yeah you know, mm. so he's a threat out, out of a 9 now which which is gives them another dimension you mm. know which is which is what we had back in in our day he needed a 9 that could threaten the defense and Billy's doing yeah. that now and I I'm really excited for, for for him to see what he does in the semi-final series there.
0: What are you up to with yourself in uh, the back end of 2023, mate? What occupies your time?
1: Uh, well, I'll obviously be watching the uh, the semi the semifinals yeah. and I'm hoping to to be there on Grand Final day to watch the Broncos lift the trophy. I think you're a really good chance, and and then possibly um, maybe a trip to, to Italy with a business trip to Italy at the end of the year to, to celebrate the win. Yeah. That yeah. business trip to Italy yeah. sounds just yeah. about right. I'll tell you another story just just reminded me about with Benny. Um, so actually, Laurie Daly told me this story. So when when we when went on the 1990 Kangaroo Tour, I was yeah. the, the incumbent test hooker. I played in the first test at Wembley. Yep. Um, so we, we assembled in Brisbane and we flew to Sydney, but um, we met them in Sydney and, and Laurie said that Benny and parents were at the airport and he, he was talking to them. And he said, are you going to England? He said, we'll said go to England when Benny's the test hooker. And he said, oh, okay, now, Rose." And um, so, anyway, we played the first test. We got beat at Wembley. Yeah, um, disappointing. So um, it was ju- just before the first, second test team was about to be named. So I, I was in the having Brecky in the, in the as well the other players. We go up from the in the lift into our area yeah. where we used to meet, and and um, Bozo was going to announce that the test team for, 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 for test two. I've got into the lift and the doors open, and here's Benny Elise's parents. Oh no, I'm gone fuck, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> I thought, this isn't good. And I've got upstairs and, of course, Bozo's announced the team and obviously announced Benny as hooker for game two. And, and game two was that magnificent game at Old Trafford when we come from, from behind to, yep. to win the game. And I was in the – it's funny because when Mel scores that That's try – That's the Meninga try. The Meninga try, they, they go to the, to the grandstand and here's me and Spud Carroll setting up chair and, yeah. a, you know, and, uh, would, yeah, it would have been – it was just great being there for mm. a start. Old Trafford's a – like, it's a wonderful ground to watch yeah. sport from. And that was one of the great games I've ever seen, you know, yeah. that to watch it live and to see the comeback. Ricky Stewart threw the intercept pass and it That's showed his right. character as it played. Didn't let it phase him. He yeah. composed himself and come up with the winning play. <laughs> just timed it to a tee him and Mel. and Just fantastic footy. And that was a great game of footy, you know. And, and England could have won the series that game. and So easily. Won that game we, we – Tied the series and then mm. we won game three at um at uh Lee at, at Headingley, yeah yes that's, yeah. that's exactly yeah. when it was.
0: Mm. Um, you get a buzz talking about uh, the journey uh, and it has been a wonderful journey. You said your regret may have been not digging your heels in at the Broncos at the back end of '95. What are
1: you most proud of? Um, I'm proud. Of, I'm proud to be a to be. Walters, you know, I'm proud of my brothers and yeah. my family, you know, I'm getting a bit emotional, like I'm, I'm being, doing Um you know, mum and dad, just working class people, you know, did, did everything to get, to get us to where we are and supported us yeah. from, from under sevens through to, and, they, and, went, and one of my greatest thing we did was in 1992, I got the player of the year at the Broncos, yep. finally beat off for the player of the year, and that was the World Cup. Um, there the was a World Cup tour in 92 yeah. and we went over to play Wigan in the World Club Challenge and my, my prize was a trip for two to, to England. I said, Aww. here you go, Katie and Sandy, you're off to... To watch the Broncos. So mum and dad came over. Yeah, to watch watch uh, Kevin and Steve play at, um, I wasn't. I played at Wembley in the yeah. World Cup final, and Kevy threw that pass, the cut up to, to Pearl. You know yep. that magic pass to win the World Cup. I think he came off the bench, mm. and Boxy was was a hooker, and then went on to to uh, Central Park to see us beat Wigan and, the, and win the World Cup Challenge. Mm. So what a great experience that was for them, and and just great. I can sort of pay, try and repay the the faith in them and just to say, you know, they're beautiful parents and I love them, yeah.
0: What a terrific way to finish this Mm. interview. 229 games, six origins, eight test matches, two premierships as well. It's been a pleasure. Kerrod Walters, you, sir, are a legend.
1: Andy, what took you so long to get me, mate? It was me, wasn't it? (laughs)
0: In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered, the legend series starts your working week featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in-depth and personal. We talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns, 12 different player interviews every single episode. It's fast-paced and if you like a laugh with your footy This is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's dream team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon, Legends